0: Let's get on with the show. All right, with us right now, Kurt Cuccino. You're uh, you're the founder and CEO of Hype Life Brands on the web at hypelifebrands.com. We should point out, Kurt, you have been at the helm of this company for quite some time. Usually when I get someone who's been doing the same thing in tech for 10 <laughs> years, it's like, wow, that's some longevity. You have definitely seen right. stuff but you've been doing this longer than 10 years. You've been the founder and CEO and you've been doing this. You've been in the game for not 10, not 15, but over 20 years. My friend, you have seen a lot of evolution and I am so excited to get your perspective on all things related to marketing, advertising, Brand development, uh, and 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 I bet you've got some great stories from the uh, from the trenches. Uh, just based on the kind of companies that you typically work with, Kurt. Thanks so much for joining yeah. us. By the way,
1: thank you for having me, Josh. Excited to be here.
0: Excellent, excellent. So tell me uh, again, just from a high level, what Hype Life does?
1: Uh, Hype Life Brands. We are a progressive brand development and marketing agency, and we're specialized in the arena of helping. Lifestyle startups, business-to-consumer, direct-to-consumer, consumer-facing startups, and also challenger brands powerfully engage the millennial generation. So in a nutshell, we work with our clients, basically 360 degrees of brand and marketing. And when we're working with startups, we're often working with the founders, the entrepreneurs, the guys with the, you know, the folks with the big vision and the subject matter expertise, but without, you know, they they don't want to have a payroll for, you know, 12 to 14 people. So they come to us as sort of a, a Navy SEALs type of team to come in and, you know, in, in a nutshell, build, launch, and grow their idea and take it from an idea to market. So that's essentially what we do. And then we've also worked with challenger brands as well when they they need help, even if they've been at market for 10 years and they're just trying to figure out where do we go from here to grow? I,
0: I've not heard of the term challenger brands. What does that mean? So a challenger brand would be any brand who's
1: in the space, you know, they're, they're, they're obviously at market so they're a challenger brand but they're they're not the first comer they're not the biggest they don't have the most capital um so we love a good David and Goliath sort of battle uh, so that's another sort of arena where we can still work with a consumer facing brand that may have you know six seven plus figures of annual revenue but they don't always have it figured out they also don't always have a fully fleshed out in-house marketing department, because that can get expensive, you know, with salaries and benefits and all that. So sometimes they'll come to us to help them figure out like, how do we grow from here? We're spending money, marketing, advertising. We did this, we tried a new website, we did that, but it's like, we're missing stuff. And we can look at that and go, yes, you are. Um, but here's how we could do it within these limitations of, you know, time and money. So, so that's what a challenger brand is basically. So not the Nike, but one might say maybe New Balance, you know,
0: Understood. We're 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 not number one, but we try harder.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly,
0: exactly. You nailed it.
1: I should yeah. just say that from going uh, yeah.
0: I think that was Avis's tagline, if I'm not mistaken. So, <laughs> so Kurt, you've um, so you've been in this game quite a while, and I know that in marketing and advertising, there's a lot of places to throw money, and yes, today in like if we're talking about 2021, um, where are the places? to throw money that you're like, I don't, I don't think it's as good as it used to, to be honest with you. Like, are there any like sage advice, you know, maybe like even like two, three, five years ago, they're like, yeah, that's really lots. It's lost its luster, or you could do it. You just have to be very careful.
1: Uh, oh well, You're teeing this one up for me. We didn't talk, we didn't talk about this beforehand, by the way, but he's <laughs> watching or listening, but I I have to say, uh, we got to be very careful about social media right now. Um, It is such a noisy space. And people for years have been lining people, groups, brands like Facebook's pockets with advertising dollars, but not necessarily knowing how to really measure and really quantify, is this actually working for us? Or are we just uh, a hamster on the treadmill doing busy work? So we have to be really careful and we really stress this with our clients. Like, hey, we can handle social media marketing for you. Yes, of course. Like one of your big questions. However, if we're not going to put very strategic and a, a uh, ad dollars behind it and have a multi-channel uh, approach to what we're doing, we got to make sure that the time invested in that space is is. I guess you could say limited, um, because it is very noisy. It's very like everybody wants to be in your feed and everybody's jumping out. We've got ads popping up, you know, it's a very passive channel. And now we have the new, you know, the the clash of the titans that we're all caught in the middle of uh, between Apple and Facebook and what's probably gonna get called the privacy wars or something like that. And I just was reading an article about this last night. I mean, we're we are like at the very beginning of a new era in this space too. And why does that matter? If you're a brand manager, a marketing uh, VP, you're a CEO, you're a founder, it matters because it's going to make it just that much harder for uh, you to track some of your highest hanging fruit customers around those who are using Apple products, um, which by definition, by the way, means they have disposable income um, and they're looking for something higher. So that sort of tracking option that Apple is pushing and Facebook can't stand is going to be a huge problem and there's a lot of articles floating around right now about advertisers and marketers and like what are we going to do so all that to say you got to be really careful in the social media space and there's a lot of other powerful channels and tools that we can use to get to the customer and potential customer and i think that's where to put your eyes so
0: yeah um, so before we get into some of those other channels, uh, you know, obviously when we're talking about social, I think one thing that has had a lot of allure over the past five years and, you know, is definitely matured, um, but there's still a lot of hype around, of course, is working with social media influencers. What's your experience mm. with that?
1: Um, we've had some clients who've taken it on, on their own, um, very mixed results, very low results. I would say, um, I could go so far as to say they were unhappy with it. This is not to say that all influencers are bad. I'm not a blanket statement sort of person, but again, I just think, I just think there's a lot of better ways, unless you're in a couple, a, a few specific niches that are more youth oriented, like, You know, towards the young side of the millennial generation, which we specialize in on into like uh, Gen Z, for example, who can be a little bit more perhaps easily influenced or swayed by those sorts of tactics. But a lot of our clients are functioning in the space where they're after the older half of millennials up into Gen X, but we really are heavy specialized on that millennial generation but those with disposable income and kind of up into that realm and they're much less susceptible because they didn't grow up in the same era as the young half of millennials and down where they're just like born with a, you know, iOS iPhone in their hand. Um so there were the the sensory receptors are up and they're very much uh blocking a lot of those kind of messages. So with the cost that influencers come with and the extreme hit or miss nature I would say be very careful uh, about employment that would be like our third layer strategy in our world um, at, at most
0: so um if we're looking in our if you're looking in your crystal ball and obviously you know you work with a lot of great clients you've seen some things that maybe compared to other marketing folks or you know brand development and advertising folks like man they're, they're, they're zigging and I'm Zagging. <laughs> Where are you, Kurt, over the next year or so, do you believe?
1: Oh, that's an interesting one. Looking into our crystal ball. And we do talk a lot about actually the official Zag philosophy, which Marty Newmar, who I I follow a lot, wrote a book on that. So check that out. But um, boy, I think that the... You know, the, the idea that you can build in our world, a you know, startup or a brand just off of a website and a logo or this or that is, is completely out the window, first of all. Um, second of all, I think when you do have a website or you're looking at your what we call your digital platform, because usually we're building something that's very robust and has a lot of features. It's all custom, you know, code development, databases, all that good stuff. Um is really sophisticated marketing systems. I feel like that's really where we're heading, which is basically what I mean is a lot of interconnected marketing routes and processes and systems that we often build and put in place for our clients, whether that's a MailChimp automation or it's a promotion or it's systematizing the SEO efforts, which is an ongoing long game um, for our, our style of clients and really for anybody. Um, and it's a lot of active sort of like tilling of the soil and, and putting those processes also in place so that we can go cross media and we can get to people where they are, but also not doing it through just strict automation. I feel like there's a lot of overcommitment to automation, like chatbots and things, but everybody knows when they're talking to a chatbot and I haven't met anybody yet that said like, you know what? That was a great experience. Please. I was really impressed Please.
0: with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I couldn't agree with you more, I, you know, particularly if we're talking, I mean, on consumer stuff, uh, you know, if you're talking about, hey, you know, I, it's something that could basically be answered by an FAQ anyway, I'm like, what's, yeah. I don't understand the point of a chat. It just seems very inefficient and phony to me. But right. then again, you know, I'm biased But on get... my own views.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We get pitched those tools by random people sending us spam literally every day. and like, Oh, and I think, Oh, great. Another chat bot. I'll even look at it. Does it do anything new? Is there anything different here? No, there's not. So why are you doing this? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and why are you sending me this? And likely a so.
0: bot that's spamming you. So. <laughs> yes, exactly. This, right. This, and I know how is, they, I know how they did that too. So
1: it's just like, I, I don't, I don't know what to do with you guys, but yeah, that, those are a few things I can say. Um, Sort of out in the open. I think, I think those complex and, and it's something we've kind of always done, but I think it's going to become more critical now than ever. Because we're starting to get more clients that come in and they're like, oh, we went ahead and we made a website. Okay, well, where's this? Where's that? Where's this? You know, your user experience is from looking at this in two seconds, no one thought this through. So you can't do it that you can't do it that way. And that's not the way you build a successful venture. And then for startups, if you're trying to get funding, like you know, all these things have to be in place. I often use the metaphor. We're in the business of building you know brand and market symphonies. It is not a trumpet solo, you know a mm-hmm. chatbot is a trumpet solo. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna post like crazy on Instagram. That's a trumpet solo. you know yes. that does not make right. that does not make a concert.
0: Uh, I've heard it said that you know he, folks don't connect with products, they don't connect with services, they connect with people. What say you? Mm-hmm.
1: That's a fancy w- thing. What do you think? <laughs> no, I understand. You bring in the the bring in the old uh Englishness. The Korean- <laughs> you, you good,
0: sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so It's like, "Oh, yeah, my, my wife watches those things on Masterpiece Theater." Like it's like that. <laughs> While I'm falling asleep. Um, no, uh it's a good question and I I like 1000% agree with you and we're hugely built on the idea of the start with why philosophy that, you know, we kind of were doing this. And then I read the book from Simon Sinek, my mentor passed it along to me like a a decade ago. And I fell in love with it. I was like, oh my God, this is what we're doing. Like, this is it, you know, just really beautifully packaged. And it speaks to the science of making emotional connections with people. And that kind of, to answer your question, yes, it's, it's, it's about the, The brand, but it's more about not the products and services, which is the what, the what our business does, what we do. But it's more about what's the end result? What's the feelings? What's the connection? Can I see myself, you know, especially as a millennial, uh, elder millennial, can I see myself in your brand's story? Do I, does my heart connect to your heart when I see that? And that's really important. And it's a really tough thing to conjure, but it's part of what we do when we're starting from day one. Uh, building a new brand, whether a company is spinning off one or a startup founder is creating one, you know. So yeah, I I absolutely agree, and I think that having that heart in your brand manifested in many different touch points is super, super, super important to the road to really success. So
0: let's talk about hype life brands. So uh, you know, obviously, you've been at the helm now for twenty years. You know, I. I believe that, you know, when you're in the game for that length of time and you've built enough relationships that, you know, business just drumming up new business isn't really as hard in my experience. Like we've been at this for quite a while. Like it, I you know, mm-hmm. I tell people, man, it gets easier. Your first year where you're trying to establish your reputation, you're building up your book of business. I mean, you got to do a lot of stuff to make and build connections as an agency or a consultancy. Um, but but what do you do today to um, in, increase business? Or maybe you have all the business you want on the books, or, you know, but like how, do, how how do you find new business at this point? Good
1: question. I would say... But I, I would say what you said is true, first of all. Um, we have a lot of, you know, we're big on not take, you know, we don't just take on projects here. We really build long-term relationships with our clients. And, you know, I I work directly with all of our clients. You know, we even used to have uh, account managers um, back in the day, but we kind of did away with that layer because I prefer more of a flat hierarchy and, you know, we have mostly a senior team. And so basically everybody can be self-starters and take responsibility and knows how we think and operate here. Um, but the relationships that I have with our clients that some people go back, probably there's a few kind of legacy clients that go back maybe 15 years. Um, you know, those relationships are there and they're, they're, lock solid. And that's what we do with anybody coming in and like, I'll, you know, I will have a conversation with anybody that comes in from day one and treat you just the same as I treat somebody that we've worked with for 15 years. Um, and I think that's really important and respect and also listening. Um, you know, how do we get new clients? I mean, you know, we use some of the same channels that we implement for our clients at, in very um, laser focused ways. So we'll do that. And we'll do that when. Uh, you know, we maybe want to add another client, you know, but we're typically adding our goal. You know, my, my goal for the agency is one or two a year. Really. That's wow. it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but because we only do, because we don't do like, you know, 15 little projects that are all, you know, $15,000 projects, you know, we're bringing on clients and our clients are required um, to pay just annually um, because we work so, so full scope. Um, that kind of, we want to make sure, I want to make sure that we have enough focus in the pipeline, uh, on those clients and not overcommit, you know, cause I've, I've certainly worked with folks who've underdelivered, Um, and I'm sure you, you probably have too. And it's, it's one of the most frustrating experiences that any, anybody, especially a CEO or a business owner can run into. It's like, I'm paying you to handle this for me. And if you don't do that, it's like, what good are you? But there's a lot of and I feel like this is a growing issue too that we could probably spend another 30 minutes talking about. But yeah. you know, so we're not we're not in that business and we've really never had that issue happen sure. ever. And I don't I don't intend to start. So yeah. Yeah. So we're pretty good, but it's a pretty, you know, small addition to clients per year.
0: Yeah. So for someone who is like, man, I, I love the uh I, I love the cut of Kurt's jib. Uh, who would make a great, who would make a great, there's another. Uh, I know. You... I, I, all this old timey language. Uh, so who would make a great. You've been
1: watching down, Downton Abbey.
0: I've been watching too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it.
0: My The, the ballot <laughs> has been instructing me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, who would make a great, uh, you know, someone who's been listening, they're like, man, Kurt sounds like the guy to work with our company. Like, who who's kind of like that dream ideal company or brand or, or like what stage are they? Um, we already kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, but, you know, what kind of budget, what what kind of plans, you know, should they have that sort of thing?
1: Um, Sure. I would say. There's probably two character types I would say are people in these positions. So one would be, of course, a entrepreneur, a startup founder who is who has some capital to invest because it does take, you know, a pretty sizable team. And, you know, we work as like the out-of-house team for these, these founders, entrepreneurs. They've usually been in, they've been in business, they've had success, they maybe are 40-ish, you know, in their 40s, not to say 30s don't count, but you know, late 30s to into early 50s on average. And they're a subject matter expert, and they have a vision for a better way in the arena that they work in. Um, And they want to take this idea and basically create something around it, build a business, a startup, a a new venture, you know. So that's one. The other one would be something like a a CEO or a VP of marketing of a, you know, a company that's at market, preferably consumer, um, consumer focused company that's at market, they've got some advertising and marketing budget, maybe some brand development budget or brand or whatever they're categorizing. You know, it's usually under marketing. Um, so they have some budget they're committing, but they feel like things aren't firing together and things aren't working together. And they feel like they're spending a lot of money but getting very little results. And they're wondering, how could we do this better? You know, is I mean, I know we have a couple marketing people in-house, but we need like a bigger team, like a staff augment. So that's a lot. A lot of times where we can come in too and work with those more established, you know, challenger brands or otherwise, and say, hey, you know, you've been spending five hundred thousand dollars doing X, Y, and Z, let's say, or or two hundred and fifty thousand dollars doing X, Y, and Z. Here's what you could be doing with that money, and we can do that for you. You know, so I would say those kind of two um, personalities is would answer your question there as far as like ideals, quote unquote.
0: Kurt, Kurt Cucino, you know, you know, your website, HypeLifeBrands.com. Someone who has been listening to this and uh, wants to take that next step and kind of dive into your world, where would be a great place for them to go?
1: Sure. They can go to, uh, as you said, the website of our agency is HypeLifeBrands.com, H-Y-P-E-L-I-F-E Brands.com. You can look me up on LinkedIn, connect with me directly there. Uh, I'm there all the time, C-U-R-T, and just do Kurt HypeLife. Or you can go on our site and you can actually chat with uh, us. There's a little block in the bottom. And to my earlier point, I will actually pick those up. In most cases, we don't really use bots. And so if you want to chat and just like, hey, I need to do this or that. Um, and I'll talk with you briefly and we'll set up a time to chat and have a conversation and we'll go from there. So, or you can email me directly, kurt at hypelifefrance.com.
0: Awesome. awesome. Kurt Cucino, thank you so much. Hype Life Friends, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thanks, Josh.